Hey everybody, on today's episode, you're going to hear Mark and I starting a new mini series about obedience. And we believe that obedience begins with fathers. That is, leaders ought to obey before they make anyone else obey. All that's coming up. Hi, I'm Steve. For nearly 30 years, I've been a pastor and disciple maker. And what I really love doing is helping guys be better followers of Christ and better leaders at home. I'm Mark a certified financial planner with an MBA and an Ivy League degree who wants to make sure you're making the smartest money decisions possible. And this is Abraham's Wallet. Join us weekly and create a culture in your family of multi-generational prosperity, spiritually, relationally, physically, intellectually, and financially. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Mark, I like in a musician named Drew Holcomb. Have you ever heard Drew Holcomb? I feel like I've probably heard it in your car at some point. Yeah, he's kind of in the vein of the Lumineers, you know, let's strip it back, let's make it raw and authentic. And he has a song that we enjoy called Ain't Nobody Got It Easy. We could title this episode, Ain't Nobody Got It Easy, because I'd like to address the way that families get along with one another and the way that we deal with each other. But like many things, the problems often start at the top. And the I, I, I know that everybody's read the, t- the title uh, probably before listening to us Ain't today. Ain't Nobody Got It Easy. <laughs> Ain't Nobody Got It Easy. But I'd like to hold off on using the the magic word for a minute and just talk about the fact that fathers, i.e. family leaders, are not only in a position where they get to point their finger at everybody else in the family and say, you'll do this and you'll do this. Right before I walked out of the house today, I pointed at one kid. I didn't, I mean, I didn't say it like this, but like, I really need you to have all the trash collected by the end of the day. You, I really need the uh, kitchen to be clean before I return home. And I think that that's the fantasy that many people have of what leadership looks like, what fatherhood looks like is that, man, if I could just work this thing right, I could tell everybody what to do. And I don't think that's the way it works necessarily, but there is an element to that. There, leadership does say, we're, let's go this way. I want you to follow me. And so that's what I'd like to talk about for a minute is following me. What does that mean to follow me? And what are you doing? What are you doing as the leader of your home that you would want people following you in? Well, I would, I'd like to start today by suggesting that even if you are the leader of your home, you are in submission to someone else. Uh, namely, you do what God tells you to do. And there's a laundry list of things that he tells us to do as leaders, as, as men who are trying to pursue God on our own. We must walk in submission ourselves, okay? I've often told people with, when people are kind of like, I'm looking for a mentor in my life. I'm looking for a pastor, sometimes people will advertise themselves as, I'd love to be the little leader of your family. I'd love to be your little mentor. And I always ask, who is that guy submitting to? And it's a general rule that it's not a great idea to submit yourself to someone who is not in submission. As a general rule, 
that might be a dangerous thing. And so I would tell all everybody listening to this, every dude, I don't care how high powered you are. You could be a CEO. Um, Women want you and men want to be you. There it is. There it is. That even that guy, golden boy, the quarterback, if he's going to be a godly man, he has to be in submission. And that is that he's going to follow himself. The issue is obedience is the number one verb of how we relate to God. We have to obey him. And I'm talking about me and you. I think in many of our circles, the need for us to obey God has been minimized, usually at the altar of feeling loved and approved by God. Now, it's true that you are loved by God. It's not true that you're always approved by God. I know I'm doing I'm taking rabbit trails of rabbit trails, but we just had Father's Day recently, and there was a song that was probably sung in most churches on Father's Day, which was the now aging hit. There are cracks developing in the song, Good, Good Father. Did you, did you hear any of that at Father's Day? No, but I'm interested. <laughs> what, what happened? Well, I was at a place where they were singing Good, Good Father, and God is our good, good father. Okay, let's just say that's a truism. He's a very loving father. He is affirming. He tells us who he is. All these things are true, and being loved by God is who I am. That's true. There's this line that always makes me cringe in there. It says, you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. It always worries me, that line being, I don't like any lines like that in a song that we sing congregationally, because I, I, I don't know who's in the room. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know that I can say, I just paint a broad brush over my life. God is pleased with me. Maybe not. Do you have an affair going on? How can we say that God's pleased with you all the time? I don't think, I think that we have lost a lot at the altar of people must feel affirmed and loved by God at all times. Can yeah. I chip in another story? Because you told me to go to this church last time I was in Dallas. And I remember going and thinking, what was Stephen thinking when he recommended this church for a bunch <laughs> of reasons? And I'm not going to get into them and I'm not going to tell you what the church was. Uh, but I think there might be a litmus test for, I know you like to talk about worship a lot, but that song, King of My Heart, you know that song? Let the King of My Heart. I think it's a great song, but I have a little litmus test for churches that sing that song, which is there's this bridge that says, you're never going to let me down. Mm. And I was in this church and they were singing that and they started, people were kind of like getting into it. Like, you're the King of My Heart. Great. Let's say that to the Lord. And then, you're never going to let me down came on and the whole room went bananas gorilla. Just this is what we're here for. You're going to do right. exactly what I want you to do. Um, right. And I'm not trying to judge every heart. Maybe, maybe a lot of the hearts in that room were very pure towards the Lord and saying, even when I want you to do things that aren't the right things, you're never going to let me down by doing what I want. You're going to do what's what you want. Uh, that that would be great. But what I yeah. my skeptical brain goes, a lot of us are sort of worshiping the genie here. So it's kind of the same idea, which is that that's not something you would necessarily say if you showed up in the throne room of a king who had all power and who had pardoned you something that you could never have dealt with on your own. You probably wouldn't be like, you know why you're so good? Because you always make me feel great. <laughs> 
that's I don't think that's what we'd say. So anyways, there's a bunch of songs like that. I just think that this the feeling, the conviction, the action verb of me toward the Lord, one of the basic foundations of our relationship is me obeying. He's God. Our teacher, Michael O'Shield, said years ago, God presents himself to us in different ways, and we have different responses to him. Sometimes he speaks to us as the shepherd. And when he's shepherding us, bah, I'm hungry, is a fine way to respond to him. And he, and he shepherds us, and he makes us lie down, and he gives us rest, and he provides for us, and he gives us protection. That's great. There are also times when he treats us like the captain of the host. And he says, stand at attention, and I will command you what to do. And Michael taught us that saying bah to the captain of the host is a bad idea. It is true that he is the shepherd. And it's true that, I mean, I think we're all pretty darn good at reacting to him when he's being loving and nurturing toward us. My concern is that we as a population are getting bad at responding to him when he is the captain of the host and he tells us to obey. We kind of go like, well, where's the, I mean, aren't we going to, you going to cuddle me today? And, And his answer is no, that's not how I'm coming to you today. I have things for you to do. He might be convicting us. Jesus tells us uh, in John 16 that the job of the Holy Spirit is to convict us of sin and to tell us what's right. When he does either of those things with us, sometimes we can go like, you're never going to let me down. (laughs) And he's like, what? That's not what's happening right now. So I would just like to hit on the topic of obedience for dads for a moment, because it is so it is so key to what happens inside your home. As we like to do around here, it's just a great way to analyze life and decisions. I'm just going to walk through five capitals for dads when it comes to obedience. So the, the number one place where you should obey and submit would be to God. Conceptually, you'd say, okay, I, I would like to submit to God, but, but how do I know what he's saying to me? And that's a great question. And the answer is, he wrote a book for you. And so you can read this book, and the Holy Spirit can make parts of that book come alive to you at various moments, and you know what he's saying to you because he wrote it down. And we can respond to his word and do what it says. There are verses that tell us to do that very thing. Look at my word and then do what it says. Prayer can be a way to make your request known to God. We're told to do that. But prayer is also a way to say, God, help me, help my wiggly heart that goes into all sorts of creative corners to not obey you and help my heart to submit to this word of yours that I see. If I can just say, if you don't know this about us already, everything that Mark and I have to say, we want it to go through the filter of God's word all of the financial advice, all of our thoughts, and even this home stuff, hopefully it all springs from the scriptures and it's all in submission to the scriptures. That's the way that we think. That's the way that we want our lives to work. It's what we recommend to you. You, That's the first thing is that spiritually uh, a dad has to be in obedience. Thoughts on that, Mark? No, I agree. It's a prayer that I've been praying specifically a lot lately. And 
I just will tell you, I will testify here that the Lord likes to answer this prayer. And there have been times where I was going, sweet, it's time for some nachos. It's four o'clock and I'm hungry. And I hear the voice of the sort of spirit convicting me of, this isn't what you need to be eating right now. Or, Mm. you know, whatever it is, procrastination, like, you are wasting your time here. Those little things, that's what the scriptures tell us the Holy Spirit is there to do, which is convict of sin. And we can grow hard calluses to that to that conviction. And the fact that when I ask the Lord at the start of the day, will you make those louder for me? He tends to say, sure, and turn up the volume a little. So I would pray that if you want to expect expect it to be answered. And then, holy heck, don't disobey when you hear it. There's definitely been those times, I'm thinking in the last week, like food is an easy one where it's like, I heard you, but I'm curious if I could ignore that. Um, And, you know, you, you have talked to me since I was 15 years old about what happens when we clearly hear and feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit and say, Mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna disobey that, uh, and it's not good. Yeah, there's a famous passage in Hebrews three that says, "Today, if you hear His voice, and that includes hearing Him speak through His Word, the Scriptures, do not harden your hearts." It goes on to say, "You'll be testing God, and you can incur His wrath." I don't want His wrath on you or on your family unnecessarily. So if you hear his voice, obey, do what he says to do. And and that's the first place. And you've got, you've even touched on uh, something that we're about to talk about, but I'll move on to the second category, which is in our relationships. How do we obey God relationally as men? Well, we obey those that God has put into our lives. And yeah, what what were you going to say about that? If you can, if you're hearing this and you're going, okay, I'm, I'm buying what you're selling. I want my, I want obedience to be in the culture of our home, but I'm not under authority. I'm not a man under authority right now. What would that look like? A good place to start if you don't have kind of tight-knit community in, in other realms of your life is the local church. It can also be a disastrous place to start. So you got to be careful. Uh, Don't just show up at the first church on the corner and say, I'm here to put myself under the authority of your elders. Um, Don't don't ask Siri where you should be going. We did a we did a a whole series on elders uh, on this podcast a while back, and this is God's design for the church that there would be proven fathers who would be in charge of shepherding over a larger group of people, the the local church, and eventually over cities. So that that's uh, a good place to start, and I would encourage folks to be plugged in to a place where you could eventually say, I am ready to submit to the people that are leading this local body of believers. Uh, even if maybe I didn't, this is my test. If I, if I disagreed with them on something, but they came to me and said, this is, we think you're off here. I want to be in a body where there's fathers or elders who I would go, you know what? I don't agree, but I'm going to submit. And there's limits to that. We've we've even explored when yeah. each of us have hit those limits. And I'm not saying check your brain and turn it off, but you do you do need to find somewhere to be 
uh, under authority and the local church is God's design for how that would work inside of geographical regions. Yeah, that's a great point. And we have to be on the lookout for those that God has put into our lives for us to submit to, particularly the people who have gone somewhere that you have not been spiritually. Who are those people? It might be somebody who's younger than you, but they've gone farther than you have gone spiritually. And you go, well, I could learn from this person. And I want to, if, if you see wisdom, God's wisdom on somebody, you should slot yourself underneath them. You might not, you might do that. We've talked, we talked about this very recently. We did this in our episode about trading where you mentioned you can pick piecemeal what parts you submit to your life from somebody. If you have a really wise, shrewd financial planner, you should submit to their input on your finances, but you think, well, this person doesn't have any spiritual um, wisdom. Okay, well, that's fine. Or you might say, These, this person's really good at spending time with God. I don't know about leading family with them. Great. But we're looking for people that we can receive from and who can mentor us that can be, if you will, fathers to us in these areas. Um, I think connect, connected to this issue is also just being a good friend. I really think that it's part of submission in this in, in this arena of obedience, which is, I know that there is a friend that sticks closer than the brother. I'm referencing some proverbs here. I know that wounds from a friend can be trusted, and I know that being a good friend will cost me something. So sacrificing myself um, and submitting myself to, for my friend's sakes is part of what God ha- has planned for me. Recently, I think I was in Houston. My wife was doing a big event. It was totally stressing her out. She had some chairs that had to be painted at 10 or 11 p.m. for an event the next day. And I got on the horn and just contacted a couple of friends and said, I I need somebody to be a stand-in for me. If I was in town, I would help my wife. I'm not. Can somebody do this for me? And I had two buddies that both raised their hands and said, I I will be there immediately. And I just grabbed the one that was closest. Would you go? And it cost them. I don't know what they were doing. They certainly weren't uh, doing work at 11 o'clock at night and rushed over to the house and served my family. And it cost them. And I would say that's part of the submission. We're told in Ephesians 5, 25, that we should submit to one another out of our obedience, our reverence for Christ. And it costs something. And it's part of God's plan that in, in being good friends, we have this obedience, this submission, the squeeze of God on our lives because of relationships. Anything else on that topic? No, I would just say if obedience always looks like things that you think that's the best idea that I've ever heard, I'm going to go with it, then what you have is just buddies. Uh, that's not the same thing as submission and obedience. I, I mm. think back to a time where something happened to me. I got really wounded by another person and I asked a bunch of people, how should I respond? And Stephen, you and I were talking and you said, well, here's what you should actually do. And it was totally different than the advice I had gotten. And it was super frustrating to me because I was like, I hate that advice. Everybody else is like, (laughs) you're justified in the way you feel. You should put space. Don't talk to this person again, etc. That wasn't your advice. And 
I think back to that because I go, okay, I opted to do what I did not want to do out of deference to, you know, at that time, you were a person who I absolutely put in a kind of fathering role in my life. And it, the Lord really blessed it. And looking back, I went, if I had gone with the advice of mm. my buddies and my peers, it would have gone really poorly. And it would have le- led to broken relationships for a very mm. long time. So that's just my my thoughts on this piece is if your relationships where you're saying this is where I'm submitted to somebody, if you always agree with the things they tell you to do, not necessarily it doesn't mean you're you're disobedient, but it's a red flag that you should go, am I actually submitted or do I have I surrounded myself with people who won't tell me what's true? That's great. Sometimes I bring, if I feel like I'm an, at, an, at an impasse or I feel like I could justify either move in my mind, I could go either way and I think I could justify it. Sometimes I will just tell a person of wisdom in my life, it's usually a gray beard in my life, and I'll come to them and I'll just say, I just want you to know I'm going to do whatever you say. However this turns out, I'm going to take your words as God's words to me. I know that's a very strong language. Like I'm pretty demanding on those that I put in this position and I want them to love me and I want them to know God. I want them to care about God's opinion over mine. And I have said this before, I'm going to do what you say. And then I just shrug my shoulders when they give me input and go like, that's what I'm doing. So yeah, that's very, that's, that's great input, Mark. Leading to the next thing, and this is what you were touching on just a second ago, the next category of capitals is physically. Are we submitting physically? Are you obeying dad, dad who wants to lead his family, who rightly goes, I want to responsibly handle the position of leadership I'm in without being domineering? Then I have to ask you, are you being responsible, submissive, and obedient on practicalities of your physical life? So some references there would be, what does your eating look like, Dad? Really practical place of obedience. What does your sleep look like, Dad? Very practical. When do you get into bed? Do you get up when you intend to get up in the mornings? What does that look like for you? And uh, number three would be what what is your physical exercise look like how are you taking care of this temple that you're in there are waves of responsibilities that we have the innermost place would be the first shell the first valence shell if you're into electrons it would be me and god what is my temple like what is my relationship with god like what's my prayer life how how is my body is that seen under submission? Or do I shrug my shoulders, say, God's not interested in that. I'll do what I want there. And I want people to accept my leadership. It's a good reference point for whether your life is under submission. And we want to be men under submission. That's a, that's a goal of ours. It's the safe place. There is a, I'm, I'm hesitant to give this uh, passage out because uh, people usually seize on the one portion of it that puts us in charge. But there's a passage when Paul is talking about the order of the home in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And what he says is, we. it says a man is underneath the leadership of Jesus. He's the head of man. He tells man what to do. 
And we have we should have an attitude that says, I will obey. I will submit. I want to be someone who is underneath leadership. I'm not the top of the totem pole. I, I am in submission. So, and again, one really practical way to measure that would be what is your food, what is your sleep, and what does your exercise look like? And do you think that they're all in healthy places? I don't have any more to say about that. Yeah, I, I've got to add a couple things. Yeah. Um, we're talking to guys. I put what does what does sex look like in your world Great. In this category? Um, because it's a place where if you if you disobey on food long enough, everyone finds out, right? If you don't sleep, that actually ends up kind of obvious on your face uh, <laughs> pretty soon. Uh, you yeah. know, but in the world we live in, you can have a totally jacked up and disordered sex life. And at least for quite a long time, you might not, your spouse might not even know that. That's right. Um, so there's a obedience piece of this too, that looks like if sex is not a part of your life and you're a married person, you're also probably out of whack and in disobedience. Um, that yeah. tends to be something that, that, is more a topic when my wife's meeting with women than with, I don't meet a whole lot of guys who are like, I just don't really want to have any sex in my life. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's a big part of it. And with all of these, and we're, we're going to talk about kids and, and obedience uh, before we wrap this up, but there's this domineering kind of, I just want to set the rules and live by them the rules become my God in a sense that we're trying to avoid when we talk about obedience. And I've personally with food specifically, I have fallen into that ditch. And I think that those types of ditches exist on all of these things. Spiritually, yeah. my spiritual health will be determined by how perfectly I do the things. Well, we know that Christ was very opposed to that. Relationally, like I'm going to be the one that's there every time, but I don't really love you. Uh, you know, physically for me, it was, I'm going to weigh every single little piece of food that goes in my body. I'm going to take delight in kind of thinking what a bunch of fatties in the grocery store line, because look what they're buying. It's just junk food. All of that stuff is is bankrupt. And so it's the same as the father that just demands and doesn't love children and, and thinks that he's doing a good thing by kind of waving the banner of obedience. Don't do that with any of these five capitals. And also don't throw up your hands and go, obedience just isn't my my responsibility because then you end up, you know, completely disconnected from the Lord, alone with no relationships, fat and unhealthy, <laughs> dumb and broke if we go down the five capitals. So it, that's kind of my take is there's these two ditches for me on food. It was one that I told some lies to myself in the past where I was like, I just can't eat healthy unless I set hard rules and never break them. Right. And it's because I was unwilling to actually learn obedience to the Holy Spirit, which was willing to say, it's okay for you to have some bluebell ice cream here because you're in Texas. And other times would say, you don't need a second helping of dinner, even though it's healthy food. Okay. So uh, yeah, those are different, different That's things, great. but uh, to me, two ditches on the side of the same road. That's a great point. And, and it reminds me of the conversation that we had with Shane about weight loss, because he talked about bringing all of his food underneath 
lordship is what he said is he, what he's talking about is submission and saying, I'm, I'm now checking in with God about every meal that I eat. And I find that it's okay to have dessert sometimes that having a law that I follow isn't actually the most freeing thing for me. The most freeing thing is to just follow him at all times. I thought that was just, I thought that was great. And it's not some weird prophetic Lord, which, which vegetable will I (laughs) eat tonight? It can just be as simple as I'm going to operate with sensitivity toward the Holy spirit that convicts of sin. And anytime the little sin alarm goes off. I'm going, I might be wrong sometimes. I might be foregoing dessert when the Lord would have been okay with me having it, but my heart is obedience. And I felt like maybe I'm not supposed to have it. I feel a little conviction here. So great. I think the Lord honors that and we move forward. That's right. I was talking to a guy today about the fact that we we get so wrapped up about being exactly right sometimes that we won't even take a chance about what God might be saying to us because we think, well, I have to be sure. And I think what God wants for us is a heart of obedience, that I want to have a disposition, which is I want to do what you say. And if you think that God might be saying, I think you've had enough chips and queso, personal testimony, then... Um, to, to have, just to demonstrate a willingness. I think if God told me that right now, I would want to stop. Maybe God is in heaven looking down and going like, I, I did not tell you to stop eating queso. But what he sees is a heart of willingness. And my experience is people who demonstrate this heart of willingness to God, he, he seems to be willing to go out of his way to make himself clear to somebody who, who simply wants to do what he says. I, I would encourage anybody, if you think God is telling you, I was with another buddy today who said, I feel convicted that it's time for me to start doing CrossFit three times a week. I haven't done it since COVID world, and, and it, now's the time. I just feel, I just feel this burden on me. And what, what could I possibly say as his friend, except well, then you have to do it, and I'm going to ask you next week whether you started or not. I mean, you, you've got to take a risk on what you think God might be telling you. I was going to ask you, Mark, based on what you just said, would you say a little bit more about... All right, guys. So I am interrupting our, our regularly scheduled programming here, a conversation on how we as fathers are called to obey in all five capitals, because I want to give you a little preview of what's coming. So you may or may not know that there is a television program running right now called Shiny Happy People about the Duggar family, and it posits to be an expose on evangelical culture and this harsh world in which obedience is demanded by overbearing fathers. And we wanted to provide a biblical uh, counter to that, uh, that programming, and we, we really, as we thought about it, we thought, well... We're going to have to build this over a few episodes. So this week, we're talking about obedience in yourself. And then we're actually going to turn straight to the documentary and talk about what is what is a response to this show that's kind of in the zeitgeist. How should we think about it? Should we, should we care what the world thinks? Is there anything we can learn from what we're seeing on there? Uh, and we're going to talk about kind of some pop culture stuff. So... Hopefully you can stick with us and go with us on all three episodes as we walk through that. Would you say a little bit more about Jesus came, Jesus was very specific about not wanting rules in your life? What did you mean by that? 
one of the groups of people that Christ was most hard on was the group that said, we will build spiritual capital by creating a set of rules and then following them perfectly to a T. And what Jesus said is, you're not, you're not any closer to, to the prize by the fact that you follow, follow your rules specifically because you don't know me and you don't know my voice. So it was trying to take rules and in a sense, obedience, strict adherence to those rules and replace the living God with a set of rules. Okay, so what do you say to the guy who says, I, I feel that I'm going to try to spend time with God alone three days a week, and I'm going to pursue that. And then he does two, and he's like, well, next week, I'm, I'm still going to try to do three days a week. And then he hits it, and he's like, man, I feel great because I hit it three times this week. Dude, was that guy trying to follow rules? No, that's a really good question. I don't think that there was anything wrong with that. It's something that I have a discipline of trying to wake up at 5.15 in the morning and spend time with God. And if I just roll over and don't do it for a week in a row, I'm pretty sure that that's an indicator that something is out of whack, probably being disobedient in multiple capitals here. However, I will say that if the 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 achievement is closeness with the lord i actually am seeing fruit from this discipline that i put in my life to actually get more of him great if the achievement is i did it and i knocked i notched all 3 days and that's a that's a win by itself i don't think that's as much of a victory in and of itself i it's hard though i think this is hard because i still it is I, I did a, you, you know, our buddy, Mark Douglas, who challenged us all to spend a certain amount of time with the Lord for a full 365 days in a row. And I did it. And there was stretches in there where, man, I'm not sure. I, I thought, is this good for my soul or is this really damaging? I don't know. And, uh-huh. and I pressed on through it because I had made a commitment to to do it. And to some level, I was submitting to the men around me who I had said, right. I'd said right in front of them, I'm going to do this. You can depend on it. I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like I came out of that with mixed emotions about the put your nose to the grindstone and just push through even if you yeah. aren't sure that it's yielding any fruit. It's a super tricky area, which is why I asked the question, um, because God can call us to make commitments and then follow through on them. And what we can sometimes do is talk ourselves into, oh, now I'm just doing it to follow the rules and I'll break out into freedom by not doing this anymore. When if God's told you not to be on the internet after 10 p.m., I don't care how you feel about it. Don't do it. There's a funny relationship between rules, and that's so easy for us to call any rule, oh, that's the law, it's evil. Well, God gave us 10 rules, I know for sure, that we're supposed to follow, and I don't care how you feel about it or whether you feel close to God when you don't lie. Just follow the rules. Just do them, because it honors the Creator. And and yes, like you say, there are some arbitrary things that we can put on ourselves, and and we feel closer to God, as you say, simply by following the rule, as opposed to, well, the point of getting up to spend time with him was to be close to him, was to pray as I'm reading the Bible and to connect with him. But if I'm just doing it so I could just say, well, I read my Bible, deal with it, God, you got a winner on your, you got a performer on your hands. 
it's obviously difficult. So it's a difficult knot to tie. We acknowledge that. But the fact remains, we need to be in submission in these areas. Second to the last one is intellectually. And this isn't a very complicated thing, and it's pretty obvious that uh, if you're a man who's in submission intellectually, all that means is you're doing the rational things that you do to make your family go. You're doing the rational things that you need to do to make your business go. And there are really rational, intellectually upright things that you should do in your business. Guess what? You should put some energy towards sales in your business. Guess what? You should hit your marks. If you have quotas that you have to hit, um, I know somebody in a sales job and they have to do 200 cold, cold calls like a, a per month. So do it. That That's rational. That's submitting intellectually. Your family needs a certain amount of protein in the house and you've got to pay for that. And you've got, you know, you've got like submitting to your budget. We're going to get right into finances here in a second. That's like an intellectual submit. Rebellion is so ballyhooed in America, so cheerleaded that if you can figure out a way to reinvent your whole life, guess what? You've never thought of what you might become a YouTube influencer by doing that, but it's not a good way to live. So simply following rational thought for the way that you buy cars, you know, the decisions that you make with your schedule, et cetera. That's the kind of submission that we have to do intellectually. I agree. Can can we jump straight to financial? That that's what I'm here for. Because so financial submission would be like obeying your budget. That would be a massive one. To do the rational things about uh, the way that you invest. To not try to time the market. This is like the submission to the the financial system that you live in. We're here to help on that. You, there might be areas where you are ignorant. Well, we're trying to fill in those gaps and we want you to live a life of success and of plenty in the context of obedience. So that's our whole deal is that we, we want you to um, obey reasonable financial systems. What, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I, I just think about the, because I talk to people about their budgets, for example, all the time, I think about on this one, the human propensity going through all of these capitals when it comes to obedience to sort of say, you know what, maybe the initial set of, of rules or the thing I'm trying to submit to, maybe it wasn't quite right and I need to change it. And so the way this shakes out in budgeting is I see people go, there's 10 days left in the month and it looks like I've spent my entertainment budget, but there's an opportunity to go out to the movies and grab some drinks with my friends. So I'm going to decide right now that the budget I set for entertainment was not the right amount and I'm going to change my budget. That's a bad move. Now, what's not a bad move is to go, I don't think I've allocated the right amount for this category in my budget. So next month, when you when, before you get started, it's totally fine to say, I'm going to rearrange this so that I can adjust it, that it's a funding plan for my family vision and we need more entertainment and less you know, pet care. Changing in the middle of the game is a bad move. And that goes for, for all of these. You know, I can't tell you how many times my, my strict diet suddenly became less strict when somebody put down a delicious pecan pie at the end of dinner. And I thought, that's a well, great point. This wasn't a dessert day, but this is a dessert day. Let's be honest. And 
you know, even relationally, I don't like what you said to me. And I no longer think I'm going to hold you up as one of those people I submit to. There is a time when you have to make that call. If we're talking about the local church, there's a time when you need to go, I don't think these elders are leading in in a good direction. And this isn't the place for me. If it happens just because they said something you don't like to you, you might be outside of the God's model for what obedience and submission looks like. Terrific thought. So even your the example you gave of a meeting with God 365 days in a row, I love the, the fact that like you said, like, I committed to it. I'm pushing through. I'm going to gut it out. And when it's over, you could evaluate it and review it and go, is, was that good? Do I want to, do I want to re up or do I say like, well, that, that maybe wasn't healthy for me or whatever, but what you did was you followed through. And I think budgeting is a great example of something like follow through, just submit to it for a month. If you want to reevaluate afterwards, that's fine. But, but do, do what you said that you're going to do obey, right? That's right. Okay. Just to bring this home. So what, what we've talked about is the ways that we, we, I'm talking about this guy that we have to obey and submit. There is a qualification for leadership and that is having been able to follow. Nobody comes out of the womb a leader. God intentionally puts us through this process where we follow, we're trained, we submit, we obey. Every student who is fully trained ends up looking like his teacher. That has to be us, fellas. We have to be the ones who are trained. And guess who's training us? Overall, it's God who's who we answer to. I gave that reference, 1 Corinthians 11. Jesus is over us. And I want you to feel his leadership in these five areas in your life. They qualify you to be able to lead others in a way that's trustworthy. And we're going to get to that next time in the way that you you administer obedience in your home. But we wanted to make it crystal clear in this episode that we must be men who are under submission. We have to be men who are obeying. Mark, you're headed, you're headed out of town right now, huh? That's right. We're going to go out to, to the mountain cabin. I declare we're going to do an episode on vacation homes, the, the pluses and minuses. But I, I like the way that you use yours. What do, what do you guys have planned over the weekend? So one of the things, we'll get into this because I love that idea for an episode. One of the things that was important to us is buy something really close so that we can zip in and out. Because yes. this weekend, we've got Sunday is totally booked up. We can't be gone Sunday. So we're just going for one night. We're going to go Friday afternoon here. We'll be back by Saturday night. And to be honest with you, Steve, it's going to be movie night when we get there. There's a pizza place we really love that's down the street from the cabin. And then it's going to be sleep in in the morning, make a, make a breakfast casserole, which is a special treat for me. We might go for a hike, maybe. Uh, we might pump up the paddle boards and go out to the lake and paddle around. Who knows? But, so this, but this, is, this is go away and unplug night. It's just be lazy for a day, really Shabbat it up properly. Yeah. Uh, when we go up there, it's like, maybe we'll go for a jog, maybe we'll not. But it's really, it's the slowest start to the day that the parrots ever do. If the girls want to wake up and read a book for two hours, that's fine. We're not going anywhere. Hey, if you liked this content, be sure to like it and subscribe and share it with somebody. And remember, no matter how you're doing and leading your family, God's love for you is huge and his grace is... Brandon! Brandon! Brandon!